This is an ABC podcast. Hi, Rihanna Patrick here, and thanks so much for pressing play on this episode of ABC Re. In this edition, I chat to Kevin Livingston. He's the founder of 100 Suits for 100 Men. It's a US-based organisation based at Queens in New York City, and it gives business attire to underprivileged men and also women. But as you'll hear, it's more than just about giving out a suit. The Bucket List. Kevin, do you remember when you got your first suit and how old you were? Absolutely. So I was three. There was a there's an actual photo on my Facebook of my dad when he used to buy his suits for Easter. And uh, I was two, actually. And I still have the photo to this day. Do you remember being that young and, you know, the feeling that you got from that first suit? I mean, how did it make you feel? You know, it made me feel good. To be honest with you, I'll be making up a story if I tell you I remember how I felt. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I just know I just know my dad came by with suits every Easter. Every Easter I can count on my dad coming with a bright behind suit. Um <laughs> but there was a movie that came out called Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And I remember how he looked in his suit, the Marcus Graham, he real dapper and debonair and he had the pop collar and he just looked amazing. And I remember that that influenced me. And that movie came out in 1992. I bring that up to say that when my dad always had his own business, he always had a travel agency. But when I saw that movie, I remember going out and buying a red blazer and buying the matching jazzy socks to go along with the tie. And I used to wear that suit in Manhattan. I used to take the train to Manhattan and walk around. It made me feel amazing. I felt different. I felt empowered. I felt like I belonged. And 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 so I never really told people this story that the re- one of the main reasons why I started wearing suits was because the movie Boomerang, how I saw Marcus Graham being portrayed in a great suit and how I looked on him. And then I started mimicking that. And I remember going out and buying a red blazer. I, I love that Eddie Murphy is your fashion icon in all of this. <laughs> and, you know, I understand that. I mean, a movie can have a profound effect on a person. So if we fast forward to 2011, to when you start this organisation of thinking about giving out suits to underprivileged, particularly men to start with, how did mm-hmm. that all happen? And, you know, what were you seeing in your own community of South Jamaica in Queens? Well, you know, a lot of young men in our communities were just, you know, community folks were just simply talking about the versus engaging them. I got sick to my stomach about that. You know, I used to always go to these community board meetings and they would talk about everything else but what was really going on with our young people. And I never understood why we'd be in a room of people who were in their mid-60s not engaging somebody who's actually need to help. And so I remember, like, I used to work at a bank. And around the corner from a bank was an active gang site. And so I used to always see people walk around them, uh, act like they are foreign objects and, and like twirling up their faces at these young men versus engaging them. And so I had decided to ask my customers in the bank to donate business attire so I could bring the suits around the corner to the young men. And that's how I initially started. Now, this has grown into something much, much more than just you giving out suits to men. Now you also give business attire to women as well, and you offer a lot of services for women. But, you know, it really is a simple idea, but there's so much more that is just behind you giving a suit to someone. Talk me through that conversation that you have with that young man that comes up to you and wants to have a suit. Well, you know, I'll backtrack a little bit because I can tell you, yes, the beginning, but it's dwarfed into so much, as you would say. We currently right now have 
four boutiques throughout the country in America. Now we have three in New York and one in Camden, New Jersey. And what happens is that the men are met with a tailor. So they come in on appointment based only. So the reason why we went to an appointment based model, we have a lot of young men who have time management issues. So now we are helping them by creating a time piece so they can, we can help them with time management. So we have appointment based model. The men come in, they're met with a tailor. They are fitted for a suit, a shirt, and a tie. If there's a haircut needed, we take care of that need. If not, we send it out to a haircut partner of ours. And then we have job resource, so we're able to help them find work. So after they finish our boutique experience, then we and the most important, the most important component of it is that we listen to them. We're able to sit down and listen to these men and women who, men mainly, you know, because our portfolio is maybe 80% men, but we listen to them. We, we don't care what's going on. We're able to assist these young men with what their needs are. And then we help them find work and we follow up with them. So one of the conversational pieces that open the young men up is when we're tying their tie. That's a great opportunity to teach them how to tie a tie, but also have a great conversation with them. Then another component is is listening to them while they're getting their haircut, having a conversation. One of the key things for us that we do is that we play jazz music while we're interacting. So now we have a hip hop generation. We're playing old school Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, John Coltrane. We have that music playing in the background. Just kind of have that whole aura, that whole gentleman aura. And so that's that's what we do inside of our boutiques. They open up really, really well. I'm Rihanna Patrick. This is ABC Radio, and my guest is Kevin Livingston. He's the owner of 100 Suits for 100 Men, and it's an organisation that gives free business attire to men and women in the New York City area. But as you've been hearing, it is a lot more than just about the suit. Kevin, you know, you've mentioned there your male boutiques and about having those conversations. I mean, over the time that you've been doing this, you must have heard some pretty interesting stories from those people coming to you you know, wanting a suit and and wanting to kind of make a difference in their lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I'll give you an example as of yesterday. So one, one of the components of my company is that we're in Rikers Island Correctional Facility. And so that's a, that's a a penal system inside of uh, New York. Um, It's known to be one of the country's most violent prisons. And so we're in there, we're in there four days a week. I have four buildings that we currently do programming in. So we go in there, we teach them, we do mentorship, we do book clubs, we teach them how to brand management, we uh, teach them financial literacy, and then when they're completed and they're coming home from incarceration, we provide them with a free suit and help them find work. So yesterday, one of the conversations was I was speaking to a young man, 18 years old, who was supposed to walk the aisle with his cap and gown yesterday, but instead he is sitting in jail fighting a charge, which was bogus, has a young child on the way. So what I did was the same exact time he's supposed to receive a diploma in his hand, I had him write a letter to his unborn child and I had him sign it. And on the bottom of his signature, I signed, I'm going to be his mentor. So now I put responsibility on myself. So when he comes home from incarceration, we already have two legs up on him because we're working with him inside the correctional facility. And not only is when he comes home, he's going to get a free suit, but he's going to have some people to walk with him. That is the main reason why we do what we do with 100 suits and why we are are expanding the way we do is because we go in the correctional facility, work with them in there. And then when they come home, we'll be already having two steps ahead of them. 
And Kevin, there's a lot more in that too, isn't it? In that it's not just about you being there when the people that you're working with inside a correctional facility come out, but you're also teaching them other skills when they get to the outside, particularly around using things that they might not have had access to or might not have ever learnt. Absolutely, absolutely. We're in there teaching them the stock market. I mean, next week we're bringing in the Wall Street Journal. We were talking about day trading two days ago. Uh, some of these young men, we're teaching them about how to start their own nonprofit organizations. 18 years old, incarcerated. We don't care what your charge is. We worrying about your past. Your past is, is, is in your back. You understand? And we make sure they understand their eyes are in front of them for a reason. And so that's, that's why we do what we do. Kevin, talk me through... The financials of this, it can't be cheap giving out more than 100 suits. How do you finance this? And, I mean, you've obviously made some friends along the way too. Absolutely, absolutely. Right now we are uh, we don't receive any government funds. We received a contract to do some work on Rikazan, but not enough to pay for a staff. We have volunteers. We have received some donations monetarily that, 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 you know, that helps us along the way, but not, you know, not nearly what we can, we need more. <laughs> we definitely need a lot more <laughs> because I, I do this every day, you know, and I mean, literally, you know, we raised probably $20,000 to do the work and we're servicing men throughout literally the United States, you know, and we're doing this on a bare, bare minimum budget of nothing, you know, so we're constantly asking people, you know, we appreciate the suits, but we need the funds to continue to do what we do because we do more than just give, we're not a, we're not a thrift shop. I don't believe in just giving a man a suit and patting him on his back and telling him to go on his job interview. We have to follow up with them. This is what, this is what separates a hundred suits from a lot of people is that we stay with these men. We walk with them. We encourage them. We hug them in their darkest of moments. Case in point yesterday, this man was supposed to be on his high school graduation and he was in the day room of Rikers Island and we was there with him. These are the things that separate us and this is why we do what we do. And so we ask people all the time to help us help us continue to do the work that we do by raising funds. Um, another thing is that we're also in, in parole. We have a boutique in parole. So when men coming home from doing state time, doing long 20-year bids, we're one of the first companies they see. On our Facebook, I posted a photo of a man who received a suit from Colin Kaepernick. The man just did 13 years in prison. And he wore a Colin Kaepernick suit. It's on our Facebook day today. So that's why I ask people that, you know, please invest in what we're doing because we are changing lives every day. There must have been some challenges along the way for you, Kevin. What did you learn in those early days of doing this and, and knowing that there was something more behind than just that suit that you were giving out to someone? Absolutely. I mean, I've been giving out suits. This is, you know, when I first started, I was just giving out suits. And, and that was probably one of the biggest mistakes that I could ever do because <laughs> it's so much more to it, right? I've seen people just take my suit and then sell it down the block from where I gave it out at. I've seen guys take the suit and just lose it, you know, or, or, or I actually had a guy who had a brand new suit. I received this guy who donated a brand new suit. I gave it to the young man and the police recovered the suit because the young man was riding around a stolen car. And now he's incarcerated. I've seen all kinds of things. So I had to learn that we need to, uh, to trump just giving out the suits. We have to shrink that down. That has to be like a caveat that we have to really get into the psyche of these young men uh, and women. And so um, we've been very successful with doing that. So, you know, we're, we're, we're currently we have after school programs. Uh, we work with runaway youth in Brooklyn and Queens. And, and so it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I thank God for the opportunity to, to expand the way we are. 
Kevin, have you seen or been able to catch up with some of those who were part of when you started in 2011, who got the initial suit? And have they come back to tell you what they've been up to since? Absolutely. I mean, I have a guy right now who, who Jaw Lucci, uh, received a suit from us back in like 2011. And now he's a fitness instructor turned a professional boxer. Another another young man got his GED and went on to move and took care of his family down in South Carolina. Another young man who we were working with while he was getting his GED went to jail. And once he came home from jail, I can show you the emails he sent me to saying, Kevin, I appreciate you being there when I was there. And I appreciate you encouraging me. And like it's so much more than a suit. You know, yes, that's the name of the company, but it is so much more than we do than just a suit. You know, I'm personally, I, even though I still run this company, I'm personally known to still be in the inboxes of my young people who I work with. I am on their Facebook. If I see something crazy, I'm on the inbox, right? What's going on? You good? What's going on? And, and they respect that because that's what I do. I speak their language. I'm not afraid of them. I love them. I let them know that I love them. I go to Rikers Island and tell these young men that they, I care. I care and you matter. I let them know that while they're in jail. It's very important that we do that. This is ABC Radio. I'm Rihanna Patrick and Kevin Livingston is my guest. He's the owner of 100 Suits for 100 Men, which is an organisation which gives much more than just free business attire to men and women around the New York City area. I understand that, you know, you are adding to this as well. So you're not only just checking up on people you're not out there just giving out suits you're not out there as part of these men boutiques you're not in Rikers doing this stuff but you've got some more workshops that you're rolling out uh, in 2018 tell me about the next step absolutely you know in my community we we suffer from a lot of obesity so what I'm doing is we're doing something called tying the knot and basically what that is is we're teaching them how to tie ties and also teaching them how to properly juice uh, we do believe that you, when your mind is right, your money is right. And so when you juice, you detoxify, you start changing the way you think. In, in, in the, in the African-American communities in America, the, we, we have nothing but trash food. And that messes with our psyche when we have nothing. We eat these nasty things and they're tearing up our bodies. So juicing is something that's very important. I'm personally going through it myself. And so we're teaching them how to tie ties. We're giving them brand new ties and we're also teaching them financial literacy. So it's called tying the knot. It's really different. It's kind of kind of out the box thinking in terms of the programming. That's one thing. Another thing we're doing, we're really big advocates for spoken word poetry. We're going to be rolling that out in 2018 inside of the correctional facilities. Spoken word poetry teaching these young men impromptu writing and impromptu speaking, create you know, creative writing and impromptu speaking to be able to represent themselves well and passionately at a job interview. But they learn that from poetry. So these are certain things that we're doing. We have a ton more. Some things we're doing with, uh, we're going to be proposing with Dress for Success. Another organization, worldwide organization that we're going to be looking to do more work with um, um, in 2018 and just continue to build one young man at a time, one young man at a time. Doesn't matter where you're at, we can reach you. Kevin, how has the community of South Jamaica embraced what you do? I understand that you believe that this is much more about you standing back and seeing this happen, that the community needs to take control back. Let me tell you, in the beginning, you know, I remember when I first, I never forget this, and I still know the guy to this day, both was a man and a lady, and they don't remember, but I remember very clearly because I was on a microphone. And when I first told the community boy what I was doing, they had laughed. The girl turned to him. They both snickered when I, I told them what I was doing. 
I was at a community board meeting. It was about 60 people in the meeting and they give you time to speak uh, what you, you know, going to do in the community. And I remember telling them my initiative and I remember them turning around and snickering. I never, ever forget it. Another time, um, there was a, a organization and, uh, well, they, I guess, quote unquote, big. And I remember going to her and I asked her what I wanted to do. I told her what I wanted to do. And I remember uh, trying to uh, get their support. I don't know why I did that. But they went ahead and told me a week later, well, we decided not that we're not going to get involved with it. And so it left. It, 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 it made me angry, but it didn't discourage me. I've been through homelessness with, with starting this company. I've been through so many no's that you, that you, <laughs> I could build a house on, but I continue <laughs> to go on because I believe in what I'm doing. I, I believe when I see these things that these young men are telling me, you know, uh, uh, to every day when I get a, when I get a post from a young man to, or tell me that, you know, Hey, I really appreciate the suit. I really appreciate you giving me these kind words, you know, that, that keeps me going. So, so, so I, you know, I really don't look for community support anymore because not, and the reason why I say that is not to be like, I don't want community support, but I don't look for it because it's, 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 it's not about just the, it's for these young men. Yeah. I want to be in front of them. I want to be in front of somebody that's getting ready to pull a trigger. I want to be in front of the young man that's about to get into a gang or who's in a gang who wants to get out or, or, or who's going in and out of jail. I want to be in front of him. That's my, that's my focus. That's my focus. It's him. Let me get in front of that brother, and then let me everything else fall into place. So, Kevin, if you know if that's been your experience, that can be sometimes hard to take. I mean, how did you rise above that? And you know, how do you keep believing in yourself when you've gone through all of this to where you are today? God and insanity. You know, I, I have unwavering belief that I know that I, I and I, people may think I'm crazy, but I really believe I could change the world. I really believe that I could change the world. I believe that putting on a suit on a young man who had his back turned on him, community shut him out, his family shut him out. He's out there doing craziness. But when he put on a suit, he looked differently. I believe that a young man could change the world. And I know I could change the world. I, I, I am convinced that God has, I'm doing his work and I will die for what I do. And I stay encouraged because I see what we're doing to these young people. And I see what I've been doing with no money at all. You know, some of these organizations or people, corporations, whatever they call them, will get tons, millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars and then don't do the work. I, I have built all this with no money at all. And that is that is so special to me. You know, I, I can't even explain. It's not even words. You know, people ask me, how are you doing it? I don't know. <laughs> God and insanity but it's getting done. That's the main thing. God and insanity, but it's getting done because I care. And when you care things happening, things fall into place. I mean, listening to all of this and I'm thinking that your parents must have instilled something in you. And I wonder, you know, yes. from man to man, what did your dad teach you about being an African-American man that you pass on to other young African-American men? I've had the most, I have the most amazing parents. You know, I give them, I, you know, I gave them a headache because I wasn't always perfect. I was kicked out of high school just to know it all, you know, and, and I went back and got my GED and all that other stuff. Then got kicked out of college because my grades are too low. So, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, seriously, my first year, they told me goodbye. Uh, <laughs> but my parents, they both told me they're proud of me, which means the world to me, right? Because I, I wasn't always perfect. But my dad was always an entrepreneur. And so I got that entrepreneurial spirit from my father. My father always had a travel agency. 
and 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 just always was about making a dollar with different streams of income. My dad was always that way. I picked that up from him. My mother to this day is still on the community board. My mother's been working in the board of education over 32 years. You know, so she used to always do the block parties, the Halloween parties for the kids. You know, she used to do the schools. And, you know, I remember going when I was a kid, going to the community board meetings when I was, you know, my mother had to go with her to community board meetings and all this other stuff. To this day, my mother's still working in the board of education. So I am literally a mesh between both of them. Well, Kevin, you know, if we look at the rest of 2018, I mean, what is on your to-do list and what does the rest of the year have ahead for you? Well, right now, you know, we are dialing down our programming in Rikers Island in June. The, the building that we're in is closing and we're moving on into three different other buildings. So I'm really excited about that. We are looking to open up two more chapters this year of 100 suits throughout the, the country. Um, we have requests as far as where Zimbabwe in Africa, you know, of people wanting to bring our company there. So I'm really happy to, to, to look into all this, but we're looking to open up two more chapters and then we're going to roll a carpet out, um, on our fundraiser, uh, that we're looking to do at the end of the year, hopefully this year or early 2019, we're looking to do a fundraiser. This is Rihanna Patrick, ABC radio.